Hello, it's Tim. Hi, Tim. It's Matt from from the National. It's it's Matt as his own singular person. It's Matt Berninger. There we go. Yeah. Matt Berninger. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to, to visit with us today. It is hugely appreciated. Thanks. My pleasure. Uh, I have to thank you for one of the best nights of my entire life. Uh, I had an opportunity to see you guys uh, do that show uh, in L.A. Uh, where you guys showed the movie beforehand. Oh, uh, yeah. It was, uh, it was quite a remarkable evening and such a great show. And uh, thank, you f- thank you for that. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. The movie was how? What did you think of the movie? The mo- Well, I was uh, I was a mess by the end of it. Uh, Wait, which one? Are you talking about Mistaken for Strangers or I'm Easy to Find? I am easy to find. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Well, they're both they're both really heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, that was yeah, that was such a cool thing. Um, yeah, we've done a lot of we've done shows where we've, we've done you know movies and shows together. Right. Uh, yeah, we've done a lot of interesting things like that. It's been great. No, but being able to see the movie and then uh, hear, mm-hmm. you know, you guys talk about it afterwards, and then the, the, the to, to, to hear those songs, uh, that was that was truly an, uh, a special evening. Um, but yeah. right now we're looking forward, aren't we? That's right. We are. Uh, so I'm excited to have you take over our Sunday show. This is going to be a lot of fun. Love your playlist. And then I was hoping we could talk a little bit about this new album um, after we're done. Uh, talking. Yeah. Is that is that yeah. good? Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, so the show we do on Sunday nights, uh, it, it's uh, we color outside the lines. It's not any specific genre. So your playlist is so perfect for Good. for what we do. Uh, and I'm excited to go through this with you uh, and talk about yeah. these songs. You've done a, a, a few sort of COVID playlists over over this situation, haven't you? Um, I've got a playlist that's about, I think it's, might be over 24 hours long now. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't know how many songs are in it. I, I add about 20 a week, um, more, you know, uh, uh, roughly, and we'll see. You know, I've I've skipped a week or two here and there, but right. uh, yeah, I've been adding to it for months now. It's been fun. It's been actually. Um, I didn't think I'd be doing it this long, right. but it's been a real it's been a real therapeutic thing for me to put together these 20 songs every week and spend a lot of time on them and, and so i probably listened to you know 50 songs like over and over again to try to get it down to 20 every week um and that's been really helping me write to other songs you know so i like to listen to a lot of music when i'm in the writing mode and it just it just yanks my brain around you know nice it doesn't uh you know some folks can't listen to music when they're writing they don't want to listen to anything else they just want to focus on what they're doing um i i need yeah i need i need distractions i can't i can't even work in a right when i'm in a studio i can't even write when i'm in a quiet room I, like i need like you might hear construction and stuff next door and, and dogs barking and because <laughs> i don't have a soundproof studio because when I'm in a soundproof studio and you cut off, cut off the sounds of the world and all that stuff, it's a, it's a vacuum. And I feel it's, it's hard to sort of write. It's hard to connect. And so I write, I surround myself with everything, all my crap and all my books and all, and, and I leave the doors open. And so almost all my demos have barking dogs and, <laughs> and, you know, and sirens and, you know, whatever. That's life, right? Yeah. Uh, well, let, let's start with uh, your incredible playlist. Um, personally, 
I got to discover some music through this, which I'm grateful for, and we'll talk about that. But you kick things off um, with an album that is hard to believe it's been over 20 years since it came out, and it sort of changed everything about pop music, if you think about mm-hmm. it. And that's yeah. Lauren Hill, uh, uh, the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Yeah. Um, well, I, I picked this thing for a couple of reasons. One, because it's just an incredible song. And, and, and the idea of what's happening in the song is something I really believe in. I do believe in, in you know, the butterfly effect. I do believe that we all have, you ha- we have agency um, to, to make a significant difference in the world. Um, every single person does every day, you know, every choice you make mm-hmm. matters. And so, you know, going left or right, you know, uh, going to the party, not going to the party, you know, um, saying saying this or, or choosing not to say this thing that you want to say. Everything means something and everything has an effect. And so I just it's a be- it's a brilliant song. Mm-hmm. And then the other reason I think is because when I was working on when I met Booker T. Jones to work on his record, I, I went into a little studio in downtown Manhattan that I'd never met him before. And um, this is about 12 years ago. Wow. And and um I, the, the the elevator door opened and Lauren Hill was standing there and, and she let me out and she got in and left and 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 I go into the room and I found out that Lou Reed had just been there. Oh. Biz Marquis had just been there and then then Sharon Jones came in and then, then I met Booker and it was so it was one of these moments where I'm like, What's <laughs> happening? You know, I thought I was in like a you know, I thought I'd gone and died and gone to rock and roll heaven, you know, like and um and but everyone was was there, you know. It was amazing. Wow. It was a great experience, and that's when I met Booker. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of why that. Uh, uh, it's another reason I put this one on there. Well, I'm thankful for that because it made me go back and listen to the record uh, again with fresh ears, yeah. uh, which mm-hmm. w- which was you know equally uh, impressive for sure. Yes. Um, yeah, it's enlightening when you listen to that record when you realize, oh, look what she invented. Yeah. <laughs> she invented pop, you know, in a way. Yeah. Or at least as we know it, yeah. Yeah, it's for, it's true. Um, do any of these records or any of these records that we're going to talk about today, did those have uh, – are these all sort of part of what goes into what you do now? Um, every, you know, you, you mentioned you're always listening to music when you're writing songs. Is this just sort of um, – yeah. Yeah, I um, I mean, I used to, I I I, I grew up listening. I mean, there's a fa- you know, I, I'm I'm an indie rock, and and yeah, I, through college, it was it was mostly guided by voices and pavement, and and you know, and then before that it was Smiths and New Order right. and and all that. But um, growing up, it was a lot of country music and some R and B. Like my dad had, um, like I remember they had Roberta Flack killing yep. me softly. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I don't know, not many other things. And they had Stardust, the Willie Nelson Stardust, right. which is, a, and then Judy Collins. My, my parents only had about twenty records, right? Okay. But they played them, but they played them every day, all the time, right? So, so there's like they're only like it's not a, a broad um, pool of my early early musical DNA isn't isn't quite super broad. I mean, I have the great right. soundtrack and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> the Mickey Mouse club. Yeah. But, um, but it all really had a, like, especially I would say killing me softly. Um, that record and that song, um, it's not on this playlist, mm-hmm. but, um, but so, yeah, but so, so I've always just sort of like jumped around and, 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 and genre wise. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, I've never even really considered 
the national uh, an indie rock band, but I think anything that doesn't fit obviously into some other category, they just call indie rock, I guess. It's kind of like you know? AAA radio. Anything that doesn't fit into any other category, they try to, to send our way. So I definitely right. understand that. Right. But I don't even know if the national were ever really AAA radio either. You know, it's like, it's it's the the the, the, the genres and formats and what what's going to work on radio and what's going to work on a record don't always they're not they're not the same industry sometimes oh, you know oh and it's very fluid it's very yeah. fluid and and also cyclical um, yeah uh, so the second song on this list uh, as a band I'm super familiar with and it seems like most of my uh, time uh, in the '90s was spent listening to their albums and that's Yola Tango mm-hmm. band out of New Jersey yeah. Um, they, yeah, they're, they're, they're another one of those bands are like, well, what genre is the Yola Tango, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, you know, is it folk? Is it jazz? Is it rock and roll? It's all, and, 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 and it's all that. And, um, we've done a lot of shows with them. We know, we know those guys pretty well and they're just wonderful people. And, um, I also like them the way Ira and Georgia, you know, right together, it's, it's a husband and wife yeah. and, and and, you know, and a best friend, you know, and it's just uh, uh, there's just something about that little family. You know, they just feel like a real family, Yola Tango, and right. they feel like they, they're 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 in it for all the right reasons. Right. Um, I don't there, there's never any I'm not saying there's never any posturing when it comes to Yola Tango, because, of course, if you're an entertainer, you posturing is part of it. But they just there's just the, the classiest. They're just the classiest, yeah. Well, and it's a natural pick, too. I mean, I think there's similar musical DNA in, in this song in particular to what The National has done um, uh, uh, over the years um, yeah. as well. Uh, and so uh, that made me happy to hear that once upon a time. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, Yolo Tango, uh, there's just a period of the 90s that was just as special as any period, uh, you know, where you hear about from the 70s or the 60s or whatever, that that sort of indie rock scene that that existed for a while that included Built to Spill and included, you know, mm-hmm. other bands um, truly was. Built to Spill is one of my favorite. Yeah, God, yeah. I love the way that man writes a song. Yeah, he, Doug, he's, he's incredible. Yeah. Absolutely one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet either, uh, ever uh, as well. Wow, yeah. I think my favorite discovery on it wasn't discovery, and I feel bad that I wasn't more familiar with his music. But let's talk about Johnny Ray. There's a song on on mm-hmm. here called "Please, Mister Son," um, mm-hmm. and you know I'm embarrassed to admit that I didn't know who Johnny Ray was until mm-hmm. I have Dexy's Midnight Riders to thank for that. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it sounded sad upon mm-hmm. the radio, moved a million hearts in mono. But yep. when you go back and read the story about him, it's a little bit sad. Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, well, he's he's. He's my dad um, would mention him every once in a while. He's like, oh, and like there's in the, in Johnny Ray's song "Cry" is probably maybe yes. the biggest hit. And, and he's like, he's like, he's like, oh, I, I, that Johnny Ray song "Cry." Like, I remember I'd heard that that song mentioned. So I'd say about ten years ago, I went and looked him up, right? And yeah, and and, and he was Tony Bennett described him, in, in according to Wikipedia, as. Um, he, he like is sort of like the the, the father of rock and roll yeah. in, in many ways, yeah. And he was in the fifties, like right, right around nineteen fifty. He you know, and he was he was partially deaf, and he was he was bisexual, and um, it was um, and he and he and he kept that uh, he didn't he was not out right or, or he didn't know no whatever he, like but and he was and he, and he was married and everything, but then 
then um, you know, then the rumors went around, and I think that was the end of his career. Uh, is uh. the rumors of his bisexuality or something? And you know, I don't even know if he ever even and uh, whatever uh, addressed it. Um, he, he he, I think he did. He, he did talk about that that the rumors of about his, his bisexuality did end his or ended his marriage, I guess, or right. something. Because I think his wife thought she could, quote unquote, fix him. You uh. know, and. So yeah, so but but so a lot of people don't even know about Johnny Ray, and you know, um, and he's just written. He's you know, when you listen to stuff, it's kind of Roy Orbison. You know, yep. I could guarantee Roy Orbison was a big Johnny Ray fan. Okay. You know that kind of thing. Um, and he had to go to Detroit to break it big. I mean, he was a Pacific Northwest yeah. guy, but it was a Detroit sort of R and B club that embraced him. Yeah, he was. He was. He was from from Oregon. Yeah, and, and yeah, and then he and he found. He found um, a community that embraced him in in, in the black clubs. In yeah. yeah, it's absolutely fascinating to me. Uh, a tremendous song. I, I, it was something I listened to over and over when I uh, got the playlist from you, um, and I, and I, I appreciate that. Um, some of these songs to me sound a little bit like what summer feels like. Definitely the Yola Tango. There's there's a, there's a more of a, a laid back sort of groove. Um, and the delight for me in this playlist is discovering Haley Hendricks. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm going to thank you for that right off the bat. Tell me how you found her music. Spotify. Okay. Am I supposed to say that? No, you can say whatever you. I mean, if that's what it is, that's good. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I. I. I mean, I, I was. What happened was, I, I put together all these playlists, and then at the end, it suggests things based right. on your playlist. And so it suggested uh, Haley Hendricks, and 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 the whole record's amazing and um yeah it's it's called i need to start a garden the song uh, the song's called the bug collector that's this is the first one i heard um and yeah no i was just and i i i wish i knew more about her but uh but the uh the record and this song are incredible she's she's awesome Haley hendrix for sure the you know what struck out to me um was her uh, finger picking, her guitar work, mm-hmm. uh, is really lays down such a lovely foundation. And then, you know, I am always a sucker for a sad and lonely trumpet at some point. Mm, uh, yeah, and that and when and by the time that came into the song, I was just like, oh, this is this is wonderful. Uh, yeah, I, she's an incredible guitar player. I don't know who's playing the trumpet, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, she's 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 serious. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, you end with uh, something that um, is—I don't know. This might be one of the most critically acclaimed records of the of the last thirty years, and that is off Radiohead's mm-hmm. Kid A album. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Radiohead is, just raised the bar on on contemporary rock music and they, you know, and, or they just kind of destroyed the bar. Thank or you. They, you know, and it's, it, they just made Radiohead made almost like anything possible. They just pushed the walls out so much. Every time they write it, make a record, the, 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 the world of rock and roll gets a little bigger, mm-hmm. you know, and this record kid a particularly, I mean, they, they could have done anything, you know, after, after, I mean, you know, Creep made them famous, and then um, and they immediately wanted to run away from that. Right. And, and they've always they're always running away from themselves into places like Kid A, you know. Yeah. And like, good lord, like there's just that that whole record is you just it takes you to a place you're like this isn't even a record, you know. <laughs> this is a this is a 
this is it's like taking drugs. It's like you, you literally go on a trip. It takes you to a whole universe that's not here, you know, and very few artists can change the universe around you. And it feels like it feels like Radiohead does that all the time. And I don't know how they do it. But this one, this record particularly and this song, you know, um, is just uh, I, I think Tom Tom writes so beautifully about confusion mm. and about anxiety. You know, there's nobody writes better about anxiety, I think, than Tom York. Um, just just all the details, all the little things that in the, that a brain filled with anxiety does. He he manages to put it into a into a sonic. They they put it into a record and, and right. putting such complex tricky emotional mess and making it so beautiful and clear and communicate so well is 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 what artists do right is, is the thing that artists are supposed to do but it's really hard to make art and 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 sometimes people are just making craft you right. know and there's a big difference and uh, i never feel like radiohead is just servicing their fan base i feel like every time they do anything they're looking for answers you know yeah and and uh and they remind that album in particular reminded me that it was always a good idea to be patient uh and to be engaged when you're listening to music because otherwise you're not you're 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 not service serving it very well and that that record taught me you know to um to withhold expectations from some of my mm -hmm. favorite bands moving forward because you know you've got yeah yeah no, I mean, for example, um, like Nick Cave's new record, oh, right? Wow. It, 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 Nick Cave's records, Radiohead's records, uh, Nina Simone's records, mm -hmm. um, they're not easy, mm -hmm. you know? They're, 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 uh, they're not supposed to be easy. They're not supposed to just to be just entertainment, you know? They're supposed to be something more. Right. And, and they, 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 they put in... They put everything in there, and they 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 they're so generous with. They expose their ugly truths, and all the they put the entertainment in there too. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they they give you both, um, and, and and the beauty. And yeah, yeah, the, the beauty, the ugly, you know, the all of it. Um, it's all there, and and so artists that can put all the ugly stuff right next to all the beautiful stuff and make it all beautiful are. That that's what art is supposed. To, that's that's art, and and then you know the other stuff is other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, can we talk about the new record coming out? Yeah. Um. I, yeah. You know, it's coming out in September. Uh, Serpentine Prison is the name of the album. It's also the name of the first song you released from this, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, so. Uh, yeah. Working with Booker T. Jones, I mean, you've already told how you got to meet him 12 years ago. How did the album project, and more than that, you guys now are, have a label, you, the two of you yep. have, a, a, and congratulations I, yeah. on that. Yeah, I told, I, when we were talking about doing a label, um, uh, I, um, and, and we, 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 we talked, we, we talked so much about labels. We talked, we, like, during the making of this record and the writing of this record, and which started out as, as covers. We were going to start out making a covers record like Willie Nelson's Stardust. That's why, ah. that's why I called him. That's why I called him 10 years after meeting him and, and, um, and, um, and you know, caught back up with him and talked about making a covers record, and that's how all this started. Um, but then 
you know, I had a bunch of songs from, you know, music and ideas and different half-baked things from lots of friends from things outside the national, but also, you know, with Scott, I wrote a song with Scott for this and wrote a song with uh, Brett Knopf from Elvi. Oh yeah. That he's got a song on here. And then just all these people, people from, from the Walkman, my friend Hayden Desser um, and uh, my old buddy, um, Mike Brewer, who was in my first band with Scott and I called Nancy. Right. Uh, He wrote a couple songs. So it, it was, it was, I mean, he wrote, you know, these are I have folders of I have tons and tons of folders of of just music sketches from friends, and I just did, I just jump in and out of these folders and cherry pick the folders if I've got songs that I that I've been writing and stuff and, and then I'll listen to those things and the song the song will come together you know like okay. chocolate and peanut butter and and that, so I started showing I'm mean, that was a long story but I no. started giving Booker showing him letting him hear some of these demos of the originals and pretty quickly he was like well why don't we just work on all these and so we <laughs> but we ended up doing both we we did about six covers and and um and about 12 originals okay. and yeah in, in in 14 days we did it all in 14 days wow that's that's quick uh and so you know two my, my next two questions were basically did you have goals going into this project like a list of people you wanted to work with but i think you've 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 already said that that was something. That... I didn't have like a list. It was like I didn't have. A, I just had a bunch of. I just had a bunch of half cooked songs from friends, uh-huh. right? And and it was and I and I have a lot more. It was just like well, if if I'm, if I've got Booker, in in in, and I don't know if I'll ever get Booker again. Right. Why am I? Maybe I should just do originals instead of doing this covers record. Maybe I'll do the covers record later. And, sure. And. Well, what's nice is that Booker, it, it, the relationship just was so, um, it worked so well that we've just continued to keep um, doing stuff. And that's when we started talking about the label. And, you know, back to the label thing was, was he's just got so such a storied history with right. labels, you know, right. And, and right. everything. You know, he walked into Stacks when he was 15, I think, wow. or something, and, and played with Mahalia Jackson. And, <laughs> and, because he was, he was the only one in the neighborhood who knew how to play. I think trombone. Wow! And so, and from that moment on, he just kept going back in and playing on people's records. And then he started doing little things. And then he did Green Onions. You know, I don't know how old he was when he was made Green Onions. Um, and and then he went to back to college for music after Green Onions. I didn't so know that. Green Onions was a huge international hit. And then he's like, I'm going to go to college. So he went to to, to Indiana to study. Um, music at the uh, university in Indiana, wow. um, Indianapolis. Yeah. And so, and he would drive back to uh, Memphis on the weekends to, to record, to do sessions with, with people. Right. And and he was, he did that for a long time. And, and so we just talked all about, and I just, he's so, he's also worked in every genre. He's worked in country disco, you know, he more or less invented uh, Memphis soul. Right. You know? And, He's, 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 he knows Egyptian music and so and, and rock and roll, you know, backwards and forwards. He's, you know, he plays bass on Knocking on Heaven's Door, you know, <laughs> um, the Dylan song, you know. And so, yeah, and, and that's kind of why I brought him in to produce because I knew, because I didn't want to make a indie rock record. Sure. It's probably going to be in, put into that bin because, you know, that's just because of who you I'm are. In. Yeah. But um, I was definitely trying to not hurt. You know, not think of a genre or, or not even think of I wasn't even trying to avoid anything. I was just like, here's the songs. Booker 
you know, and here's the musicians, here's what we made. Um, what now, what can we do with them? And he just, I wanted him for the atmosphere. I wanted him for, for the ideas. And I wanted him, I needed somebody with, with gravitas just to, just to be at the center of this sort of chaotic process. Cause I just had, I was flying in everybody and staying in Airbnbs right. and I had, you know, so-and-so in for two days and, and they, then they had to leave and go back and, and another group of, you know, a couple of people came in. And so different songs have sort of different sets of people who were there for mm. the days that we were working on. And gotcha. so it was kind of like, we'll work on your song today and one or two others. And, and if you're here today, you'll work on those songs. And so, yeah, I kind of it was like a, a, a rotating cast of characters in Booker, in Booker T. Jones, myself, and Sean O'Brien, who is sort of engineer and and co-produced some of the, the the tracks, were there. Were sort of there the whole time, and everybody else kind of came and went. And and yeah, the Booker brought everything. He brought the <laughs> humidity. Like he made the you can you can hear the room. You can hear everything in there because of. We just, I just wanted to be able to hear the people in the room, right. you know, because um, his records always sound that if you listen to MG's records and you just hear those four people, you can, t- you can tell when they, you can hear when they look at each other, wow. you can hear it, you know, you can hear when Steve Cropper makes eye contact with Booker and then Booker launches into something or vice versa, you know, you can hear it in the records. And I wanted that, you know, I wanted, I wanted the interaction. I wanted the human. I wanted the fingerprints. I wanted the, you know, I wanted the hair in the soup. Yeah, you know? right. Uh, well, there's a moment, uh, a really fantastic moment in in, in one more second, when uh, I, I'm assuming that's Booker on, uh, takes on a piano solo, uh, and then yeah. and then immediately following well, that. Well, no, actually, actually, that's Brent Knopf. Oh, that's Brent. Brent plays the piano solo, <laughs> and then and then and then he then he hands it over, and they were just. You know, and then he then Booker picks up on the Hammond organ right. with that and kind of takes it away. I love that. Yeah, that I love yeah. that I mean, whole segment. Kinda, well, what's so funny is that's that's that moment when Booker's Hammond launches in one more second is weirdly when I'm when I'm when I'm like when when, this, when I'm kind of after after I listen to that song or even after I listen to this record. The thing that's stuck in my head more than anything else is that little riff, that that Hammond organ thing he does. And I'm like, my whole record is 10 songs long, and the only thing that's in my head now is that one, you know, 20-second run he does on that Hammond organ. And it just shows you why Booker T. Jones is Booker T. Jones. It shows you why Green Onions became an international hit. You know, he's just got a sixth sense for moments, you know, and and just grooves and, and, and feel, you know. Do you think you learned things from working with a Booker that uh, uh, will be uh, something you'll be able to 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 use moving forward when maybe on the next national record? Yeah, I mean everything everything the national does outside of the national, we all bring it back. Okay. You know, um, I brought a lot of stuff back from Elvi, um, which I loved, it, by it, the way. Thanks, thanks, and and, and um, I mean the LA was 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 sort of kind of intended to be a little more radio um, accessible, sure. yeah. And so and so I, I kind of wanted after Elvi, I wanted to 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 do some of that. But then everything that that Aaron and Bryce are do with say you know Justin and and and, and Sufjan and, mm-hmm. and Richard Reed Perry and. And now, you know, Aaron just put out this incre- incredible record with Taylor yeah. and Swift. And then, you know, and, and Brian and Scott have, have like two or three other bands themselves. Um, and 
I've got you. Know, everybody's got about six projects. You know, <laughs> I, my brother and I are cooking a TV show still, and nice. you know, making movies and and doing other stuff. And so all of that stuff, like my brother's movie, really, really, I think in, informed the Nationals' future. And okay. and the Mike Mill working with Mike Mills, bringing in a film director to pr- produce "I'm Easy to Find." Yeah. Um, really changed our process and just opened up. Like I said, just opens the kind of just pushes the walls out on what's possible. And the nationals always have like this open door policy, like in and out, you know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like it's, it's over, over the year, like Bryce joined after a few years and then later, then my wife started writing with me and then we just started bringing in, like, I mean, Sufjan started playing on our records and Richard Reed Perry's on most of like half of our records. And, <laughs> you know, Annie Clark, St. Vincent really came yeah. in and, 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 and in many ways, you know, helped just, just, we, 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 we definitely absorb and steal from every, everyone we tour with, everyone we work with and everyone we open for and everyone who opens for us, <laughs> we learn from, I mean, we, I think the national learned, we opened for the Walkman. We learned a lot. We opened for Arcade Fire. We learned a lot. We opened for REM. We learned a lot. You know, and right. then, and then we stopped opening, and then we just started having openers that we could learn from. Right. So, that's uh, so so yeah. I think the next thing that when the National gets back together, I we've already talked about, you know, just getting together all together in a room and and and, and making a record fast and loose and. Um, maybe not tinker on it <laughs> for two years or like, like, or, you know, and maybe not even, maybe not even write anything until we're in a room together. You know, yeah. like, um, I mean, we always, we're always writing and, and, and there's always folders of stuff and, and everybody's got ideas and, and, you know, some of the, some of the things that are, that are on the Taylor Swift record, um, a, a, a couple of those, those things I, I was familiar with. Okay. Um, I think, Two of the songs are sketches that I that I, I it was, was that I'd heard and Aaron had sent me and um and um like Cardigan like right. but but what Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift did with Cardigan is uh, I could never have done that you know and and um and um so so all of that is 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 it's how we learn it's, right. it's how it's why the national is still around because. People have gone out and discovered new creatures and brought them back to the zoo. You know, <laughs> I love that. Uh, I read something you wrote about distant access, um, which is another another song I just really like. You said it's um, you think it's about falling out of touch with someone or something you once thought would be there forever. Uh, mm-hmm. And that is such a relevant thing to so many people. And it's really interesting to me how that kind of happens um, but uh, to all of us at some point. Mm-hmm. But you found a way to, to turn it into this um, really great song. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, I mean, I would say so many of my songs are about the fear of losing something, mm-hmm. right? Fear of losing your identity, fear of losing friends fear right. of losing um uh your parents yeah. fear of losing your your understanding of your country <laughs> fear of, you know i mean we, we, right. we've lost our country yes we i mean have. the country we had before the one we have now was chronically sick um but even that one that one's totally gone yeah. and 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 and, and the, the, the the america that we have today is not the america 
um, of you know five years ago. Right. And 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 in some ways, I think the America on the other side of of where we are today is going to be a much better version of of what we are right. and what we what our potential is because we've never gotten even close to to our potential to, to our potential. We, we America's always preached lofty ideals and never practiced them exactly right yeah. and, mm-hmm. and 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 um and now we have we have to we we don't practice what we preach now um you know then we're in trouble right and i mean we we are in trouble we the damage trouble. the damage continues on a daily basis yeah. the, the suffering continues because of of um of really selfish, short-sighted choices, um, you know, and, and, and so, and that, that's all based on fear, right? Yeah. So I think all my songs are about fear. Um, and because the other side of fear is love and, um, and fear is all about ego, you know? And, 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 and if you, if you lose, if you stop thinking about, it's just about me and start thinking about this is about us, you know, right. This is about us and us is everyone. And if every single person isn't treated equally, then no one is equal. Yeah. It's just simple, and and that's also in the Bible, right? You know, right. And so when 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 people hold up the Bible and say, and then practice all of the things that the Bible says, never do you know, every sin in the Bible. <laughs> you know, Donald Trump practices, I think, on a daily basis, all seven, all seven deadly sins. I feel like he he pulls them all off every day, and then he stands up and holds a Bible yes. while he does that. It's the uh, that is that is um, appalling, and 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 yeah, we're living in an upside down universe, and America needs to right itself. It does. I think that there's a role for music to help make that happen as well, uh, um, especially with the younger generations. Uh, and so that's that's where we have to. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I don't. I think faith. younger generations are are pretty aware of <laughs> what a load of shit they've been sold, and and, and 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 what a what a what a what a what a what a damaged uh, planet they've been handed. Yeah. You know. And 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 yeah. And the ones I, mean, I they, they know they know and they're and they're and they mean to do something about it too, which I think is I think so. a saving grace. Yeah. Can't wait for the album to come out. September, I believe, is the release date. No, it's October. October, gotcha. That's right. Yeah. Almost, um, almost. But we um, have uh, uh, you know songs out there now um, that will be playing on the show tonight, uh, and then I can't wait. Uh, hopefully, you know you guys were supposed to be here this summer. Uh, uh, and, and boy, was my town excited about that, uh, as, as was I. But we'll, we'll hopefully get you guys here. Yeah. And get, I mean, or get you as, here on your own. Yeah, as soon as touring. Like, I mean, I know the National um, doesn't really want to do shows unless it's a national, it's a proper show. Like, right. I, I don't know if, I, I, if there aren't, you know, thousands of people spitting in my face up close, then it's not a national show. You know, if, 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 if people aren't drunk, sweaty and right. covered in, in spit and, and wine, it's not a national show. You know, so I, so I, as soon as, as healthy uh, touring happens, um, we're, we're, I'm diving back in, you yeah. know, and, and um, so 
and, and we all can't wait. We all can't wait right. to do that. But um, but then again, this 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 stopping the train and unpacking the train and and trying to figure out if the train was even on the right track <laughs> and maybe you don't even need need to be you know uh, on the track at all. Right. Uh, maybe maybe it's not a train we want to be in. You know that's what that's that's good for the national. Every time something gets upended, it it it, it provides us an opportunity to reinvent something better. Yeah. You know? Well, you guys. I mean, that's anything. Any artist like that. I mean, I think the best art is being made right now. Really yeah. do. You do it so well, Matt. Thank you so much. It has been such a joy, and I'm so excited um, to share this playlist with our listeners and to share your music with our listeners uh, with the new single. Um, and and, uh, and I can't wait to hear the whole album. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Hey, um, thanks for doing this with us. We so appreciate it. I appreciate it too. And uh, we can't wait to see you uh, at some point in the future. Me too. All right. Thank you, Tim. Thank you so All much. Right, man. Be All well. right. Be well. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.